Huddle up, guys. Come on in. Come on in. Okay, we're going to roll the same play that we did last time. So everybody line up. Ready? Okay. Cool. Blue 32. Blue 32. Audible. Audible. Show 83. Show 83. Go, go, go. It's the Super Bowl edition. make it challenging exactly exactly so we're here it's show 83 um you have an email i have an email yes my email is scott duarte s-c-o-t-t-d-u-a-r-t-e all one word all lowercase all at education.org and mine is also at education.org i am s-c-o-t-t at e-d-g-y-c-a-t-i-o-n dot o-r-g uh, before we get uh, too far in, uh, I want to say, show out a big uh, shout out, a big thank you to Anthony uh, for sending us a bunch of uh, audio. Um, we're not going to be able to use it for this show, but we got to uh, work it a little bit. And I think we're going to probably be able to drop some of it in uh, starting next show. So thank you very much. We really yeah, it was appreciate very it. Very cool. Very cool. So thanks. Um, let's see what else we got. Um, straight over to news. None. Okay. All right. So that makes it easy. Yeah. So we're rolling right through this stuff today. Uh because we have a guest in the studio again. Yay. So uh today uh we're talking once again with uh Paul Goldberg. If you go back and look in the who in the twenties and teens or something early yeah. early on in the show we we talked to Paul before. Um, so welcome to the show. We talked to him about uh, extensive reading. Yes. And he's back for extensive reading. Yep. Basically. Thank you. I'm glad to be back. Cool. So uh, you're, tell, tell everybody, remind them who you are, and, and uh, then we'll get right into what you got going on. I'm Paul Goldberg. I'm currently working at Kansai Gaidai, and I've been working the past five years on extensive reading and extens- more recently extensive listening. And have uh, been developing some projects that I've come here to talk to you guys about. Excellent, excellent. Uh-huh. What uh, before we get too deep into it? What is extensive reading for those of you who have not uh, gone back and listened to all of our shows? Shame on you. <laughs> My definition of yeah. extensive reading yep. would be when students are reading uh, large quantities and of material that is easy for them to comprehend. Uh, so, for example. Students who are low-level reading Harry Potter, uh, although it's a, a, a lot of reading, would not be considered extensive reading because uh, it would be very difficult for them. They would need a dictionary to get through it and probably wouldn't still understand all that much of it. She uh, makes up words like Dr. Seuss. <laughs> at the same time, uh, reading something that's very simple 
short would not be extensive reading either. In other words, uh, using graded readers, uh, but only one or two per semester would not mm. be considered extensive reading either. So again, the idea is it needs to be relatively easy and relatively long for the students. And then there's a- so about I minus two, would you say? No, it's, uh, uh, for extensive reading, uh, I minus one, um, which mm-hmm. simply, you know, which is a, kind of, I guess, a, a catchy way of just saying, you know, a little bit lower than the students, you know, level of what they are capable of doing. And then there's other elements such as students should be choosing their own material that the teacher should be providing or, or making available a uh, large quantity of material that students can choose from. Each student should be able to choose their own uh, title and their own materials not a not a situation where you have a class reader, uh, and that being said, there's there's different ways of approaching it. Some teachers would do uh, every other week, one week a class reader, the next week students choose their own. So there's there's no set way of doing it. That's a general guidelines. Cool. All right, all right. So what are you back here for? What do you have going on with uh, extensive reading now? Okay, what I came to talk about uh, is something that a project I've developed over the past few years. It's called the Extensive Reading Project, uh, and that is available at, at xreading.com. And what this project has been developed is over my, my experience of, of using extensive reading for the past five years, I've come up with a number of problems um, that I found as, as, as a teacher at a university using extensive reading and, and having talked to colleagues and similar problems. And the idea of the Extensive Reading Project is to overcome these various problems that we have. Can you give us some examples of these problems? Sure. That you uh, well, these, these are problems that are uh, inherent with the, the extensive reading. Extensive reading provides a lot of benefits. Students are generally more motivated to choose their own books, um, and they like the idea of being able to choose books that are, are appropriate for their level. Uh, some problems, though, uh, a, one problem is uh, the teacher having to know about all of these books. When, it, when a teacher uses a textbook or a, um, a, a class reader, then the teacher will probably know that book very well. They'll know the book inside and out. They'll have the teacher edition. Yes, they may like. have the cliff notes. Uh, however, if you're using graded readers, and, and let's say there's 25 students in the class, each student could potentially have a different book, and they could be choosing from a pool of, of several hundred books. And for the teacher to know all about those books... Uh, would be pretty much an impossibility. So that's that's one problem with extensive reading. Uh, another problem is uh, assessment, where some purists might say that extensive reading shouldn't be assessed uh, because students should just read for the, the pure pleasure of reading. However, the reality of, of formal education is that we do need to provide some form of assessment. Uh, the university requires it. And in fact, students often want to be assessed for their uh, the tasks that they're doing, in this case, the task of, of reading. Uh, so, well, plus it builds in a little more motivation for them to actually do the reading. Yeah, and I, I can explain a little bit later why why students actually have requested to have uh, uh, some a form of assessment. So that's another problem, uh, is, again, the, the, the idea of assessment. Uh, and another problem is trying to motivate students to read higher-level books uh, you know, of course, you want students to be reading books that they're comfortable at, but sometimes students will uh, choose the the path of least resistance and, and take the, the simpler book if they can do that. Um, and finally, another problem is, and there are other problems, but another problem I'd like to mention is when having students write journals, whether it be a, uh, a summary or a reaction paper to a story, 
um, is the idea of plagiarism, that students very often will plagiarize. In fact, many times, because I know the books quite well, I've had teachers come to me and show me a passage that a student has written and said, you know, I, I suspect this might be from the book. Do you think you could take a look at it for me and, and see? And very often, yes, students are, are plagiarizing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so th- those are some problems with extensive reading. And again, because the teacher doesn't know the book perfectly like they would with a class reader or a textbook, that it makes it more challenging for the for instructors to deal with these problems. All right. So all of those are, are definitely valid problems. What steps have you taken to alleviate them? Okay. Good. Good question. The that's why I keep them around. <laughs> <laughs> well, the extensive reading project uh, has several components. One is the book profile, where it provides information on every graded reader. This this book profile, actually, the extensive reading at, at xreading.com is currently up and running. However, some parts, including the book profile, are, are not finished yet. Uh, it should be finished by, or uh, should be completed by April. Uh, April just, 2009. April, April 2009, yes. Um, it's, so what, what I'm talking about now is not there yet, but it will be there within a couple of months. It's a book profile, which basically gives uh, as much details as, as possibly can about every graded reader that students could potentially be accessing. Um, and it gives... Okay, let, let's pause there real quick. When you say every graded reader, how many, a pool of how many? Uh, Which publishers, what are you talking uh, eventually about? Eventually, our goal is to have... Uh, there's approximately 1,500 graded readers, last I checked, on, on some other uh, instructor's uh, website. They were listing all the, the publishers and all of the series by those publishers... And, you know, there's some books that are out of print but still easily available in libraries. Uh, so, And then there's there's new ones always coming out. Um, so in, in general, there's between 1,000 and 1,500, maybe 2,000 graded readers. However, that being said, there are certain ones that are, are going to be far more popular, especially in Japan where the, where the project is starting, uh, those being uh, the Penguin, which are put out by Pearson Longman, uh, graded readers, the Cambridge re- English readers, Oxford readers, Oxford bookworms, I should say, uh, and Macmillan are the primary ones. There, there are other companies such as Black Cat and Express, which are starting to become popular in Japan, but they're they're nowhere near the same level as, as the other publishers I mentioned. How many uh, how many books do you have in your pool, roughly? Uh, well, we we hope we'll start out with well over a thousand mm-hmm. in terms of the book profile. The book profile mm-hmm. is is really there's not that much more information than you could get by going to Amazon or going to uh, the publisher's um, websites themselves, the idea of this is that it will bring it all together, that you can search books without having to go to different sources, and the information will, will be unbiased um, in terms of it, it won't be presented by the publisher, so, you, you know, there it's going to be um, presented, you know, it's going to include all the publishers, so we're not going to really favor any over any others. Mm-hmm. Okay, and, uh, and the information, like I said, will, will be similar to what you could get on the publishers' websites, but more detail. For example, none of the publishers at this point list how many words are in a book, how many pages, how many chapters. Uh, they don't list how long the DVD, the CD would be, and that might be information that a teacher would, who's planning a class would, might want to know, or who's trying to assess their students' progress might want to know. Um, the the book profile also lets the viewer. Uh, link to the publisher's website if there is more information there. Uh, it also, one of the, the, the most important fact parts, and, and this is gonna, not going to come all online for the thousand books in the beginning, 
but having character lists for the different books. Dramatis personae. <laughs> the um, one of the most challenging aspects, I believe, for extensive reading and definitely for extensive listening, is for students to keep track of the characters in the stories. Uh, for them, the, the names are quite foreign. Um, and sometimes, uh, I'll get the example, the, the, the quintessential example I like to give is uh, Three Musketeers by uh, Penguin Reader. It's a 34-page book. It has 17 characters, all with French names. Uh, so a student wow. who is reading, and especially a student who is only listening to that story, would just have a, a, a very difficult time uh, keeping track of what's going on. Somebody's talking. Now somebody else is talking. Now somebody else is talking. <laughs> yeah, something like that. So the idea is so with, by going to X Reading and clicking on go, going to uh, Penguin's uh, book list. Three Musketeers, going to Three Musketeers, mm. they can then go to the character list and they'll see a list of all the characters which they can print out and use that while reading or listening to the story to keep track of things. And what we do is try we, – we don't give too much information. We don't want to bias or, or give away anything that would, that might happen in the story. We just very simply say you know, who somebody is in the most basic and, and simple terms possible. All right. What other features uh, will you be providing? Oh, okay. Well, the other component, the, the component that actually got the whole project started is a quiz section where teachers will be able to – uh, access quizzes for uh, their students for the graded readers. Now, again, that we don't have quite as many. We're, we're up to about 330, but again, starting with the very popular titles, the Penguin Level 2 and 3, Oxford Bookworm Level 1, 2, and 3, Cambridge Level 1, 2, and 3, the ones that are, are most often used, and, and then we are uh, increasing at, at, a, at a pretty constant rate, about 100 per year, and that, that may increase as, as more teachers get involved and contribute quizzes to the project. Um, uh, I was going to ask about the book profile. Did, does it have, uh, do the book, book profiles have ratings on it? Like student, students can say whether they like the book and stuff like that? Yes, yes, I should have mentioned that. It's a very important thing. Not, not only will it have ratings, which is, is quite uh, common, you can see that on Amazon. However, the ratings will be based actually on students who have taken the quizzes, uh, mm. meaning that we know the students who are rating the books have finished the books who are doing the rating. Similarly, students who are taking the quizzes need to register uh, and, and provide a profile. This profile is you know, very typical questions. Where are you from? What's your age? Uh, what, is, what kind of genres do you like? Uh, the benefit of this is that when you go to the ratings, you could see a general rating. You could see, for example, um, The Adventures of Tom Sawyer in Oxford Bookworms got a four and a half out of five stars. Then what you could do is see, well, let's, if you want to break that down, how did, uh, and let's say there is a 500 uh, people have voted, 500 students have voted for that. You could then break that down and see the, for example, you want to know how did females rate that book or how did Japanese females who are 20 to 21 years old who don't like adventure. And you might find, well, they only, that group may have only provided, given it a, a, a one star. So that I think that will be very beneficial for students choosing books and beneficial for teachers for recommending books to their students. No, that's cool. Very similar to the system. <clears throat> similar to the system for Amazon and stuff. You know, based on what you've liked, what you've liked before. Although um, this one is nice because it's guaranteed that the student has actually finished the book, and so. Well, it should. Well, it should. 
more likely than than ha- right, right. more like more likely to have. But the other thing which is nice about this in Amazon, I think you can only check your own profile unless you change your profile. You can't see what other people. Yeah, you can only see sure. your own profile. This will allow you every time you choose, you can make the profile whatever you want. So if, if for instructors who want to see what they you know want to see what a certain kind of student would like, they'll be able to. Yeah, change that's that. that's very interesting. That's yeah. very interesting. Let's um, jump back to the quiz section. Mm -hmm. And so explain what kind of quizzes uh, the students are taking and what they are um, based on. The background for the quizzes is this, that the quizzes were created to motivate students to read more and also to provide some form of a formal assessment that teachers could use. the idea of journaling, which is another way of, of, of assessing readers, is quite time-consuming and may very likely result in a, in a negative affect for students who are not so keen on writing about things. I mean, for example, I like to say I love watching movies, but I certainly don't want to have to write a review of every movie I've written or a summary um, like that. So the idea of the quizzes was to find an easy way for students to be able to evaluate the quizzes uh, about, uh, for teachers to evaluate students have read and for students to be able to prove that they have actually read the book. What students were telling me, students who told me that, I, you know, I'd like to have a, some kind of assessment or a quiz. And that really surprised me. I, I just couldn't imagine students who had been doing reading were interested in having quizzes. So I looked into this and, and basically what the students were saying was we greatly enjoy extensive reading, you know, relative, it's, you know, for other homework assignments, it's, it's one of the more enjoyable ones. It's probably very beneficial for us. But unless there's some consequences that their lives are very busy, they have uh, other assignments in my class, they have assignments for other teachers, they're in clubs or on teams, they uh, have part-time jobs, they have uh, boyfriends or girlfriends, and they said, you know, my lives are very, our lives are very busy. If we don't have some kind of uh, consequences that, unfortunately, I'm just not going to get to the extensive reading. There's just too many other things going on. However, if I know that there's going to be a quiz, well, you know, that will motivate me to get the reading done that I need to. And as I, I've, I'm a student in a doctoral program, I understand that our instructor always tells us, oh, you know, here's a list of required readings. You'll be tested on these. And here are a list of suggested readings that will be great for you. And I always think, oh, yeah, these would be wonderful to read, but I just never get a chance to get to those suggested readings so, you know, I can... Do they have graded readers of the readings that you have? That would be great. I, I would totally that. dig that. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so that, that's why the, the quizzes were created. And to make them as attractive as possible, the idea is – the primary idea behind the quizzes is that they allow students to show that they have read the book. So the questions are not tricky. They don't require any real deep comprehension. They just are asking – really uh, knowledge-type information just to see if the student had read the book. Uh, and the key is to make it the content, um, things that the students would remember. I call this major details, things that a student who has read the book is going to remember for a week or so. We're not going to ask small details that you'd have to go back into the book. Uh, if, you, if you're looking for those kind of questions, you can find those at the back of the book. A lot of the books, so a lot of the publishers provide activities. But these quizzes are a little bit different in that they can be answered completely with the book closed. Uh, and to follow, and so, you know, the certain guidelines, like I said, we ask only major, major points. Um, also, the questions come from different parts of the book. We make multiple choice questions and very short and simple for, the, for expediency. 
uh, and the questions cannot be answered by being able to look at by looking at the pictures in the book or the cover or reading only the back cover or front cover or the introduction. So at the end of the day, what it really requires is that students need to read the entire book. Okay. And so can the students take the quizzes online or is it all print form, print based? Uh, yeah, very good question. The idea originally, well, the idea that it has to be print based uh, and they need to take it in class. The reason for that is simple, that this is to prove, for students to prove that they have read the book and if they're doing it online, unless it's done in a computer class, if it's being done online, there's no way for the teacher to know who is actually sitting at that computer taking the quiz or what the student is doing while they're taking the quiz. So the student could have the book open, which is, again, defeating the purpose of showing that they've read the book. Or they could uh, be asking a friend of theirs, you know, oh, I didn't read um, A Little Princess this week, but I know you read it last week. Could you please take this yeah, for me? Come over here and sit down and take the quiz. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why the quiz that there are other uh, services that provide online quizzes, but that that is really not our purpose. Is You know, that's for self-study, we feel, while this is is really for teachers to use as as an assessment tool and one that is quite reliable and valid in terms of, you know, they, they know who's taking the quiz and, and how they're taking it. So the, the students in the class, you said it's not like a extensive, this type of extensive reading is not based on like a class reader. So everybody's reading a different book, right? Yes. So you have a teacher who's doing printouts of these quizzes for all of these different books and all of these different students, right? Yes. So, isn't that an issue for like trying to figure out how to grade this? Yes, and that that was the the real uh, cause for us to create the extensive reading project is that the the problem with extensive reading again, as opposed to having a class reader, is every student could have a different book, and they could have a, a a from a pool of several hundred books. How can the instructor effectively get the appropriate quiz to the right student? And this was is extremely difficult, especially if the teacher doesn't know what books the students have in advance. For my class, I always bring books to class and I have students sign them out. So I know what books they have so I can prepare the quizzes in advance. Um, but I still remember you bring in a huge binder of quizzes at the very beginning stages of this project. Yeah, well, I created that binder and... That's where my, the quizzes were stored in that binder, and I would spend about 15 or 20 minutes going through that binder, which had, at that time, only 150 quizzes. Like I said, now we are, we're over 130, uh, sorry, 330, and going through those and pulling out each quiz, and it was, it was time-consuming. And other teachers who had their students getting books from the library would not know where their, what book, books those students had. So it was, it was a real logistical nightmare. And the solution to this was to create this website uh, X reading that allows teachers to create classes. A teacher can register and create a class, which is basically their their real class. They, they you know, for example, I'm teaching uh, English one section forty one. So I create a class called English one section forty one, and I get an access key for that class, which but is just a series of, of of numbers and letters. Focus grading the quizzes. Excuse me. Focus grading the quizzes. Grading. How do you deal with the student, with the teacher, with the teachers giving out all of these different quizzes? And so, how do they how do they grade the quizzes? Okay, I'll get, I'll get to that in a moment. Okay. If you don't mind. Yeah. So the teacher creates a, gets an access key for this class. They give the access key to their students. The students will register using this access key. Will automatically be linked 
to that teacher's class. So, so they'll be actually become members in that class. What students then do is whenever they get a book, whether they take it out from the library or, or get it from the teacher or however they get this book, they then log in and simply indicate which book. There's a, there's a checklist. There's a, there's a library there uh, of all the different publishers and all the different series. They check off their quiz, their, their book that they have. Uh, all the students in the class do this. When the teacher logs on, they will see a list of all their students with all the books that they have. All they have to do is, is press one button, a, a print quiz button, and they'll have a, ser- a whole class set of quizzes printed with the students' names on them with the correct quiz for that student. Uh, and they all can then very simply be handed out to, in class, can be handed out to the students. Uh, it takes the students only a few minutes to take the quiz. Uh, the real nice benefit is that the quizzes are printed with a randomized answer key that changes every time the quizzes are printed. And generally, there's going to be three different answer keys for uh, one set of printed quizzes. Uh, so what the teacher can do is once they've collected the quizzes, they can sort them according to the three answer keys and then grade them. There's only th- five questions and it's multiple choice. So they can grade an entire class set of quizzes in, in less than five minutes, probably three minutes just to go through, shoot through them. Uh, it's, a, it's a very quick, easy process. So the the, the teachers get get three different answer keys and the students quizzes are separated into those answer keys. And so even if it's a different book, it has the same set of correct. Yeah. So there's three answer sets for the entire class. Everybody has different quizzes uh, for different books and people generally do not know, uh, you know, it's like, like with anything else, they're not going to know who has the same answer key that they have, especially if you randomize it, you know, by three, they only have a third, uh, a 30% chance. And on top of that, students who I've had been using it over the last couple of years never even realized that there was any kind of answer key. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't get to keep the quizzes, which is very important because of quiz security. You don't want them. I will show them their grade and I will actually let them see the quiz, but I collect it and uh, to make sure it doesn't get passed on to anybody else. Uh, and students have never really caught on that there was any kind of answer key. It's, it's actually, uh, while if you know what to look for, it's obvious. It's, it's quite hidden in the text of the quiz, in, in kind of in some small print at the bottom of the quiz, uh, just a small code. And I mean, of course, they they wouldn't think because they're all, especially if they're all reading different books, they would think that it would just be individualized quizzes anyway. So yeah, and the other thing is that two things uh, to keep in mind. One is the quizzes, the answers are randomized every time uh, that there's a new printing. So question one has A, B, C, D, and E. Uh, A, B, C, D, and E are going to ran- be randomized every single time that quiz is reprinted. And the answer keys are also randomized and generated. A new answer key is generated every single time quizzes are printed. So for like a book, there are, there's a pool of like 10 questions, five of which are chosen for No, the unfortunately, that, that is an issue. And uh, one of the bigger issues that I personally have with, with the project is we have... For most of the titles, we have only five questions. Okay. Ideally, it'd be great to have 10 or 20 questions and just like you said, and, and swap them in and out randomly. The problem with that is, from my experience reading the books, is the key thing is that they have to be details a student is going to remember that are not in the pictures, um, that are not on the front cover. And very often, to get more than five or six details from a book that students will remember from different parts of the book is, is quite challenging. Okay. Uh, so that's why quiz security is very important. Uh, that being said, big guys, no neck. 
<laughs> that being said, we as we are developing more quizzes, we do try to come up with alternative questions that eventually we could do, as just as you suggested, mm. have questions randomized. Um, the other thing that's interesting to point out is that the questions in the quiz are not randomized, that they always go in the, in the same order um, that they occurred in the book. So teachers and students can get an idea how much of that book has been read. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In other words, if a student gets the first three questions right and the second two wrong, that's a pretty good indication they read you know, a little bit more than half of that story. Uh, and if they just got the, the last one wrong, well, we know that they probably read most of the story. Cool, cool, cool. Any other functions on the website? Uh, the other components, two, two, as you like to call them. Okay, two other components. One, uh, both of these are not currently functional, although they, they will be shortly. One is just a general place for ideas regarding extensive li- reading and extensive listening. This is a place where, where teachers can, can upload their own ideas to share with others. Uh, it will also so basically a forum section. Exactly. And it will link to have links to all other websites, whether it's the Extensive Reading Foundation or the publishers, um, for more information about extensive reading. While we don't expect that we would have all the information on our site, we at least hope that this could be a, a central point for reaching uh, appropriate information. The other part is, and this is going to take a little bit longer to develop, probably will be ready in September 2009, is an online journaling component. Uh, some teachers feel that journaling is the better way to go for assessing graded readers, and, and they have you know, some valid reasons for believing that. Um, however, journals create some problems. One is the, the idea of lugging journals around. If, you, if you're using paper-based ones, uh, they're not very easy to share among students. And online, uh, like, kind of like blogs, uh, those kind of journals present problems as well in terms of uh, a teacher can't mark them up very easily, only make comments of what has been written. So mm-hmm. the journal's function we are uh, planning would, first of all, be online. It would allow the student to decide if they want to share it with their classmates or with the, everybody who's using the Extensive Reading Project. It will also um, allow the teacher, this is probably the most unique feature, it will allow the teacher to actually mark up the text. Uh, in other words, the teacher could see, let's say if they, there's a an ed, uh, show edit Buttons, and there will be a series of buttons with, with very common uh, errors, uh, spelling, tense, agreement. Uh, and these could actually be uh, modified by the teacher. All these, uh, I think, a series of about 10 different buttons. And there will be an, a button called Other where the teacher can write any comment they want. And basically what the instructor would do while reading the student's work, they can highlight a word or a section and then press one of the buttons to indicate what problem is, is happening in that section. Uh, and likewise, the teacher can also then write a, an overall comment at the end. Uh, the Another option for this is because we hope more people will be doing extensive listening, is that the journal could be recorded. It would be you know like a, a basic voice recording program that the student can use. They can listen. They can record their, their assignment, whether it's their review or their summary. They can then listen to it, and then they can save it and submit it to the teacher, who can then listen to it as well or sh- have it shared with other students. And respond. Yes. And audio. They, with and an teacher, audio when they respond, when they, when they uh, respond to this audio journal, they would have the option of, of typing a written response or being able to uh, provide an, an oral response that the student could then listen to. Uh, the final real key feature, and this is still not definite, but we were planning on doing this, is having a plagiarism check for written work. 
what this would allow, I'll just give a little background, is students, plagiarism is certainly an issue with these kinds of assignments. Uh, very often students will copy something from the internet, which is easy enough to find. If, it, if a student could find something, usually using Google, then the instructor can find it. However, more often is the case of the student copying from the book. And this brings us back to the teacher doesn't know all the books. It would be very hard for the teacher to know if this is definitely copied from inside, especially if it's from the inside the, the text as opposed to just the back cover. So what this feature will allow is a teacher to highlight and copy a section of the student's work, drop it into a plagiarism checkbox, and this will then check the entire text of the story and see if, the, if it matches. Now, this would not, of course, indicate a definite plagiarism, but it would tell the teacher, okay, this appears to have be the same text as is found in Chapter 4. And then the teacher can then get the book and, and look in Chapter 4. Because of copyright issues, the teacher can't actually see the text uh, from the story, but they would have an indication mm. that, yes, there, there's a problem here. And if, if the, the thing indicates, you know, this is Chapter 4 about this area and they have the, the paper version, they can always go look. Yes, yes, so. yes. Fantastic. So, um, do you have any other questions? Um, so is this, how do the uh, people get this service? Okay. First, or this website, it's available at xreading.com and the, the site is up right now, although it's, it's not possible to register and, and register for it. Uh, that will be available at the beginning of February. So just a few more days, but there is a sample that they can, yeah, you can go in. There's a, there's a sample instructor, the, uh, the password, it should show up there. Well, if not, the password is guest4 for instructors and guess, G-U-E-S-S, for students. You can log in as, as instructor or as a student um, and just poke around the site. There's not that much there yet, but you can get an idea how it works. Uh, and we should, have, we should have that finalized, that aspect of it finalized in another few days. Uh, and then... The book profile part should be coming up certainly uh, by March, or should should be up in March, if not certainly by the beginning of April. That part should be there. Any cool. other questions? And, and is it a free site, or okay. how is Excellent that? Question. The, the site in general is free to access, uh, which will allow you to look at the book profiles, uh, and eventually when the journal component is working, you'll be able to do some basic journal, student journals with the, with the, for free. The quizzes... And some of the uh, journal functions, such as the plagiarism check, will probably require premium serve. Will be a premium service, which will require a, a small maintenance fee, we'll call it, or a subscription that teachers can can do. And that is available. The, the, the pricing is available on the site. Uh, there's a, there's a, a tab called subscribe. Uh, so yes, the, the site in general is free for basic use, but there are certain features um, that will be a uh, There'll be a subscription fee for, and we eventually hope we hope eventually that if, if the publishers are uh, very interested in this, that they may uh, be advertising. In fact, they've already contacted us about the interest in advertising, and then perhaps we might actually be able to drop the subscription fee. Although personally, I think having a subscription fee is there's some benefits. In particular, uh, instructors will, will probably more likely value the security of the quizzes if they know they're paying for them as opposed to if they're free. Right, right. Well, cool. So um, if uh, they, if anybody has any questions for Paul, please uh, email either Scott or myself, and we will pass that along to Paul, and he will get back to you yeah. uh, either way.
I can also give my. I have a, uh, an email address if that's okay. Okay, yeah, yeah. It please give it up. Easy. It's Paul P A U L at xreading.com, and I, I receive those emails. Okay, fantastic. So you can write directly to him. Uh, you can also uh, just one. Go ahead. One last thing I want to uh, talk about X Reading. You've been piloting the website for a semester, for a few semesters now, for an entire year, with yeah. some with some other colleagues yeah. at the university. So what do they have to say about it? Oh, they, they've been very enthusiastic about it. In fact, uh, I piloted with uh, eight colleagues this past semester, and all, all eight are definitely you know interested in continuing, and there's probably 25 or actually 30, if you, if you consider both campuses that we have here, who, are, who have already indicated they'd like to subscribe for the upcoming semester. Uh, the benefit of any publishers are listening to this is that the library at our university, because of the increased demand in extensive reading now, and then therefore the demand in using graded readers, uh, had to order 300 new books. We have we have two th- over 2,000 books in our library. That wasn't enough. They ordered 300 last semester with only eight teachers piloting it. And my guess is when, when over 25 teachers start using it, they're going to have to buy hundreds of, of more graded readers. So there certainly is some benefits for the publishers, which is, I believe, why they've been very supportive of the whole project. Fantastic. All right. Very cool. So uh, we are going to wrap this bad boy up. Um, so uh, you, you can get a hold of Paul at paul at xreading.com. That's x-r-e-a-d-i-n-g.com. Uh, you can get a hold of me at s-c-o-t-t at education.org. You can get a hold of me at scottduarte at education.org. So go check uh, go check Paul's site. Go check our site. Um, you can leave comments and uh, stuff on the um, – at www.education.org, uh, you can leave seismic sh- seismic comic comments. Wow, I can't talk. Uh, my Chingo <laughs> audio uh, comments, or of course, you can hook up with discuss and type away. Uh, we also have a page over at Facebook for those of you who are doing that. Please fan that, become a fan of the page. That would be great, and tell your friends. Um, poke us. Yeah. Does Facebook do poking? Uh, now Facebook does poking. You don't need to poke me. That's okay. <laughs> Paul's raising his hand. Oh, I just want to thank you guys for giving me the opportunity to come on your show. No worries. Uh, I appreciate it, and I hope you guys have continued success. We do too. No, guess up to us after the show, man. You don't have to do it on air. But that's cool. That's cool. But we appreciate it. Thank you very much for taking the time out uh, to come and talk with us today. All right. And that will wrap it up for us. Uh, we will hopefully see everyone next week. Yep. And uh, uh, Sapir Warp is coming eventually. <laughs> but until then, wait with bated breath. Exactly. I am Scott. I exactly. am out of here. Take it easy, everyone. Bye. Yeah.